Hello, this is Pastor Nate Ward with Open Door Church, and I wanted to take a moment to welcome you to our podcast. It's my personal prayer that you would be encouraged and encountered by the Holy Spirit and challenged by His Word. May the Lord bless you and stir faith as you listen to this week's message. Well, friends, uh, just to kind of catch you up to speed and provide a little bit of review and recap for where we've been, we've been talking about the mission of Open Door Church, right? And we understand that the mission of Open Door Church is inherently the mission of Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. We can't can't have a mission as a church that is different than the mission that God has for his people, right? Right? And we understand that the mission of our church is to fulfill the mission of Jesus. And so we've been talking about what that looks like. What are some practicals? How can uh, this come together? And so with that, um, I'm going to just review and recap from the last two messages really quick about some of the things that we've been talking about. We understood this, that the mission of the church is not to police the culture, right? We're not called to be the world's like moral police and tell them what is right and wrong and how to do life, but rather we're to show them Jesus. We're to show them a better way, right? It's a poor idea for us to expect people to live like they love Jesus when they don't know him, right? It's just kind of one of those practical common sense things. We have this expectation that people would be morally and inherently good and subscribe to like good things when they don't know Jesus. And so we're not here to police sinners into making them behave better, right? We're not just kind of into behavior modification. We're into showing people Jesus and he transforms lives. Amen. It's also not for us. The mission of the church isn't to kind of withdraw from the culture and create a safe space for us to have our Christian version of the culture, right? (laughs) We're not called to be reclusive in nature and just have a place that is completely sanitary from the rest of the world and do our own social club thing, right? That isn't what God has called the church to do. I use the example that we're not a wildlife preserve, right? The church isn't like we didn't put up a bunch of fences because the culture out there is big, bad, and scary and wants to destroy us. (laughs) Um, While some of that is true, that's not what God's called us to as the church. We actually believe the mission of the church is to encounter culture where it's at with the life-changing, transformative message and power of Jesus Christ and transform the culture by being actively engaged in it. Amen? Does that make sense? That doesn't mean I'm giving everybody a permission to like hit up the bar and just get plastered and say, we're doing this for Jesus to be a witness. You understand that that's not what I'm saying. We actively change the culture by engaging it while living under a completely different set of principles. And that those principles are uh, the command and will of Jesus. And so uh, to help kind of bring some further definition to this mission that we've been talking about, uh, we had three words that kind of make up uh, the mission of Open Door Church to specifically fulfill the mission of Jesus in our culture here in Pagosa Springs. And we've defined those as awaken, equip, and send. 
So last week we talked about awakening, right? And uh, from the first time we kind of laid these out a number of years ago, the Lord kind of challenged me and changed them up just a little bit. And initially our, our mission for Awaken was twofold, but last week I shared about how I believe it needs to be threefold. And uh, the first aspect of our mission as Open Door Church in terms of awakening was that we need to have a prophetic voice. There needs to be an awakening of the prophetic in our midst, which is the testimony of Jesus, right? That we're called to be the ones that hear his voice and that we're willing to speak to hopeless, dire situations and circumstances with full faith and assurance that what he has intended for those things to happen, that they would come to pass. And so it's not us kind of, I'm not, when I'm talking about an awakening of the prophetic, I'm not talking about that we get all 2D fruity and we just start telling the future. I'm talking about there needs to be a prophetic awakening within his church that we are tuned in to hear his voice, to speak out his will, and see hopeless situations change. Because it's the testimony of Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting these very brief, briefly. The second aspect of that is, I believe as Open Door Church, we're called to bring awakening to believers that have fallen asleep in their faith. That uh, the way that I wrote it is that we're that the way that I wrote it down was that we are called to awaken believers from the slumber of spiritual complacency, to live with urgency, passion, and holiness in the midst of a compromising culture. And the last aspect of us being called to to awaken. Uh, to awaken a people is that we were called to awaken pre-believers to the spiritual reality of the gospel and abundant life that is available in Jesus Christ. We're called to, I believe that in this season that there's going to be a prophetic awakening amongst God's people, that we'd hear his voice, amen, that we'd follow through on what he's speaking, that we would awaken Christians from spiritual slumber, from complacency, from a passive lifestyle into a place where they're living intentionally for the glory of the Lord. And the last aspect about that is that we're to awaken those that are spiritually dead that need to encounter the hope and life of Jesus Christ. And so you might be able to kind of pick up on the direction that we're headed, um, but this morning I want to talk to you about that second term that's in our mission statement of equip or equipping, because I believe that as Open Door Church, we're called to equip people as well. Um, and so I wrote this down in definition, um, in terms of our definition of mission, that Open Door Church is, ooh, wow, I can't read. The mission of Open Door Church in relation to equipping is to see intentional discipleship transpire by way of supernatural empowerment and consistent practical application. I'm going to revisit that definition and we're going to break it down here in just a second. But I need you to understand something. When we talk about equipping, it's easily kind of related to the terminology of making disciples. Because it's not enough for us to awaken people to the reality that they need Jesus and that there's hope in them. But the call and the command of Jesus in Scripture would be for us to make disciples, right? 
I need you to understand that it's not enough for us to just get us to get people to believe in God <laughs> or to believe in Jesus. <laughs> it's imperative that we fulfill the calling of God upon our lives to make disciples. I say that because there are plenty of people that believe in Jesus. There are plenty of people that believe in God that are not following him. And friends, that is a sad reality. Scripture even tells us in James that, uh, <laughs> that you do good to believe that there is one God. But even the demons believe that and they shudder at the fact. Friends, it's not enough that we convince people that Jesus is real. <laughs> it's not enough that we even convince them that he died for their sins because Jesus was never interested in getting people to believe in him alone. He was interested in getting people to believe in him and follow him wherever he went. And I'm going to break some of this down because you're like, what? <laughs> I believe it's important for us to equip people to actually follow through with that belief. Right? I mean, just, just for an example, like I could believe that this, this platform is going to hold me. But that doesn't do anything until I actually get on the platform, right? So, woo, demonstration. I would feel really bad right now if this just fell through. <laughs> I need to hit a diet. It didn't, see? I believed that I put my faith into practice and uh, it accomplished what it was supposed to do. I don't know, if you guys go downstairs in the church and we're up here and there's people up here, it sounds like the whole thing is going to fall through. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about equipping today. And the definition of equipping, or just the word equip, is to supply with the necessary items to accomplish a particular purpose. Has anybody here ever been tasked with something that they were not supplied the tools necessary to actually finish the task? I don't know if maybe you've ever had a job where they asked you to do something. I, w I remember uh, one time I was asked to clear the weeds um, at the activity center in Pueblo. Uh, I was the janitor maintenance guy there. And uh, we didn't have a weed whacker. We didn't have spray or anything like that because it was all over at the other church and I didn't know that. And so I was pulling weeds for a really long time and realized uh, they actually just meant they wanted me to like mow them down with the thing. So I didn't fulfill the intended purpose or it was a lot harder for me to fulfill the purpose because I wasn't equipped with the tools necessary to do the task at hand. Anyway, that was a poor example. Um, a better example might be something along the lines of, you know, I have this Volkswagen Passat that is an awesome little car. It's a 2003. Um, and recently I needed to change the timing belt in it. And my mechanical knowledge is not the best, but thank God for YouTube. Am I right? Amen? <laughs> I also don't have all the tools necessary to complete a job like that or a garage to do it in. <laughs> and so as I was kind of weighing the options and watching videos and realizing, man, this might be a little over my head, um, maybe I should just take it to a mechanic, right? <laughs> so I wound up taking it to a mechanic, a good friend of mine, um, that has a shop, <laughs> that has all the tools necessary, that has done this job before, and they had me done in just a few hours. Whereas when I was looking at the book and all the manuals, it was going to be like a three-day job if I tried to do it myself. And it 
probably wouldn't have worked well for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, church. I'm learning to, to play to my strengths, not just try to do everything. But I'm saying that because I took it to a shop that was equipped, that had the necessary tools and knowledge to effectively accomplish the task before them. And I want you to know this, that there is a task that Jesus has assigned to us as his church. There's a mission that he's placed before us. And unfortunately, it's not unfortunately, but I need you to know that it's not something that we can pawn off on somebody else. Because God wants to give you the knowledge and he wants to equip you to fulfill the task at hand. And sometimes I think we treat this particular task like we might treat an automotive problem and take it to somebody with a little more experience and know-how and the tools. And the task that I want to talk about is the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew chapter 28, uh, beginning in verse 18. It says that Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of this age. There's a task that has been given to disciples of Jesus to go and make disciples. It's discipleception. There. Yeah. Getting it. Um... And it's not something that we can pawn off. It's not something that we can kind of just uh, give and expect somebody else to do. But as the church, as disciples of Jesus, we are called to make disciples. In fact, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Because I think it's a common misconception that we have missionaries, that we have pastors, that we have teachers, that we have those that are in full-time ministry, that their job is to do ministry, right? Their job is to effectively make disciples of the whole world and that the, the kind of the, the role that the church plays is giving money in order to support them in that work. <laughs> Can I tell you that that's a really poor understanding of what it means to be the church? And it's actually uh, not biblical at all. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 actually says this about your pastors, about your ministry leaders. And I want you to um, read this. It says in 11, he says, Now these gifts Christ gave to the church. So I want you to know, I am God's gift to you. Just so you can, you can write that down in your notes. I'm kidding. Well, not really. I'm not kidding. God says this. But he says, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Those are God's gifts to the church, not gifts to the world, gifts to the church. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. We can, we're going to continue looking at this verse in the future, but it is the church's responsibility to carry out the work of the Lord. How many of you guys are a part of the church? Woo, you're here. You're a part of the church. <laughs> that means you have responsibility. 
That means you are called um, to fulfill the work of the Lord. And it's actually my responsibility as a pastor to equip you to do that. And I believe an important aspect of the mission of Open Door Church is that we would equip the saints, that we would equip the church, that we would equip believers, the men and women of God, to fulfill the work of the Lord that he has in store for his people. Does that make sense? It's important for us to understand that. So another way that we could define this terminology or this word equip in terms of our mission would be discipleship. And as we read about it, um, I read read the verse of uh, Matthew chapter 28 where Jesus gives the great commission. We understand that disciples are called to make disciples. And so that brings us to the definition, and I'm going to read it one more time, that our definition of equipping, or our definition of this little word equip, in, full, in terms of our mission of Open Door Church, is to see intentional discipleship transpire by way of supernatural empowerment and consistent practical application. So let's talk a little bit about that first kind of word that I use, which is intentional discipleship. Maybe. I can bring my notes up. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) Uh, The first thing I want to talk about in terms of intentional discipleship is the fact that disciples aren't made by accident. I think a lot of times we, we expect people to just kind of start following Jesus and figure it out by themselves. And you're like, oh, they encountered the Lord. They said a prayer one time. That's good for them. Can I tell you, disciples are not made by accident. Um, And so in order to kind of bring some definition to what I'm talking about here in terms of intentional discipleship, I think we should first define what a disciple is. And I think the best way to do that is kind of look at the ancient world and see what their definition of a disciple was. And their definition of a disciple was a follower or adherent of a teacher. But it's not the same thing as what we would think about as like a teacher-student relationship in the modern age. Um, Because, you know, my wife's a school teacher, and she's a rock star, and she's awesome. And she's imparting knowledge or attempting to uh, impart knowledge to like 23 little like hooligans all the time. (laughs) They're first graders. They're figuring things out. (laughs) And she is a saint. (laughs) Um, But she's teaching them things, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily always retaining them. And so that kind of thought process of a disciple just as one that's learning or one that's following or a student um, isn't a strong enough definition for us. Um, I love the way that this goes on to define a disciple. It says a disciple in the ancient biblical world actively imitated both the life and teaching of the master. It was a deliberate apprenticeship which made the fully formed disciple a living copy of the master. It was this idea of reproducing who you are in someone else. And that doesn't mean that there was like this carbon copy, like traits were exactly the same. But uh, your lifestyle would be indistinguishable from your master. And so when we're talking about being disciples of Jesus... 
when we're talking about being disciples of our master, that means our lives should look the same as Jesus' life looked. Now, obviously, there's some intricacies that are different. Personalities are going to be different. But the fundamental basics of what it looks like to live holy and live righteous are going to be the same. That's why Paul uses such strong language when he says, follow me like I follow Christ. Because he wanted to reproduce what God had done in him and somebody else. Now, hear me. We need to make sure we're making disciples of Jesus, not disciples of Nate, not disciples of Tyler, or God forbid, disciples of Kelsey. I'm kidding. You're just sitting right there. It's so easy to pick on. Um, yeah, we don't... We, you have to understand, we need to, one, check that we're following Jesus closely because we want to be following Jesus so closely that when we reproduce who we are, that they're following Jesus just as closely. Because it's easy for me to kind of make disciples of Nate, and trust me, you don't want that. That's bad. <laughs> but we're called to make disciples of Jesus, obviously. I think sometimes we think about discipleship and we kind of think of like there's these degrees of salvation or at least there's these degrees of like uh, like church attendance, right? We have the believer, like we have the guy that just signed up and filled out a card and said, you know what, I think it's a good idea to follow Jesus. And then you move from like believer to like church attender where you come to church every once in a while, Right. <laughs> And then maybe you move into the place where you're not just a church intender, but we use like this christian e saying, man, you're on fire for Jesus. Kind of like, <clears throat> man, you're really, you're really like committed. You're really sold out. And then like we have like this super definition of like a Christian, right? Man, you're a disciple of Jesus. Right? We kind of have like these weird definitions like that. Like we don't talk to people like, man, they're a disciple of Jesus if they're kind of just like, they just made a decision to follow Jesus, right? <laughs> but can I tell you that Scripture actually doesn't make any distinction like that, like we do. We're either disciples of Jesus, and we're serving him, or we're following, and we're following him, or we're not. It's not like some kind of badge that we get like when we're super saved. It's what we're called to. We are all called to be disciples of Jesus. We are all called to closely follow Jesus. And a clear indicator that we're following Jesus and that we're disciples of Jesus are that we're making other disciples. If we're not, we need to check what's going wrong in our life. Because the command that Jesus gives to his disciples is that we would make disciples. And not only that we would make disciples, but that we would teach those disciples to fulfill all the commands that Jesus gave, which included the command to make disciples. Does that make sense? And so I'm saying all of this is that we need to be intentional about discipleship. It needs to be a primary focus of our lives, asking ourselves, are we reproducing what God has done in our lives and actively influencing somebody else to follow in those same footsteps? Because disciples are not made by accident. <clears throat> the second part of that uh, 
definition that I gave you is that we would see intentional discipleship transpire or take place by way of supernatural empowerment. I love Acts 1.8. It's been one of my favorite verses of Scripture for a long time. But it's this promise from Jesus himself. It's in red letters saying that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. You see, uh, I believe it is very important that we understand that there is an equipping that comes by way of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the mission at hand. I love the, the, the best definition that I have uh, when I talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that it is supernatural empowerment for practical kingdom service. You see, I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is needed. I believe it's something that is uh, of dire need for us today. But I think we can almost dumb it down, especially in Pentecostal denominations. We dumb it down to, we make the baptism of the Holy Spirit more about speaking in tongues than it is about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in one's life to be a witness. And I think we kind of miss the mark there. I'm not, man, I speak in tongues. I believe that we should pray in the Spirit. I believe that that is something that marks a spirit a spirit-filled believer, but if all we ever do is pray in tongues and we never actually take it to be an impactful witness, then we're missing out on why the Holy Spirit came to change your life and empower you. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to be harsh there. I'm not trying to sound weird or <coughs> come, uh, come against any kind of our doctrine, but I do believe that we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to be effective witnesses. The Holy Spirit is who equips us, who really guides us into all truth, right? We could talk about this for a really long time, but I'm just trying to be simple this morning. But for us to, <coughs> excuse me, really carry out this aspect of equipping, we understand that our role as Open Door Church is to create a space where we are equipped by the Holy Spirit to do what he wants us to do. And so part of our mission, part of our aspect is that we make room for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. And we preach and we proclaim that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live holy. We need the Holy Spirit, amen? And I love the last part of this, of this language that the Lord gave us, was that uh, we would see intentional discipleship transpire by way of supernatural empowerment for consistent practical application. How do we get better in stuff, friends? Like, how do you get better at guitar, Tyler? You keep practicing, right? But do you get better if you just practice like once every six months? No, you get better when you practice day in and day out, right? Even when you don't want to. The same is true for us in our walk with the Lord. As we're making disciples, as we're being equipped, uh, friends, it comes through consistent practical application. Not kind of spontaneous, like supernatural, like spectacular moves. It really happens when we're consistent in the simple elementary things. I like to define spiritual maturity as consistent application of elementary principles. We want to be spiritually mature, right? 
we want to, like, we do. Nobody said amen, but we do. I promise you. We want to be spiritually mature. But that happens best when we can be consistent in the elementary things of Scripture, in the elementary things of serving Jesus. And so that's why here at Open Door Church, we've kind of narrowed in on a few things that we want to really excel at. You know, there's all kinds of nuance and aspects of Christian culture that we could kind of find a niche in. But when we boil it down to make effective disciples of Jesus, I believe there are some things that need to be at the core and at the foundation of a healthy walk with the Lord. (coughs) And to just be very quick here, um, we believe that it's got to be founded on the Word of God. Amen? So there needs to be a love for the Word of God in the life of the believer to be able to study it. And so we'll talk about that in a second. There also needs to be a passion for prayer, right? We believe that the one of the most important things that we can do is get people connected in prayer to a God that listens and responds. Because if they know that they can hear God and talk with him, then it changes everything, right? And then also, we believe that there needs to be an, uh, an outlet for worship in a corporate setting. Uh, we believe that the fellowship of the saints coming together to encounter and worship the Lord brings encouragement to one another and helps set our feet on the path of following Jesus uh, far of, <coughs> to a far greater, <coughs> pardon me guys, I've got this stupid cold, <laughs> to a far greater advantage than if we try to do it by ourselves. Because God didn't intend for us to walk this life of faith individually, Right? And so just those simple aspects are what I want to talk about. So we talked about practical application. And so at Open Door Church, we have a few things that we believe help kind of serve alongside these practical applications. So when we talk about the word of the Lord, the first thing I think should jump into your mind is our deeper projects. Our deeper projects, right, we meet three times a week, three different times, um, all studying the same Bible. You know, a lot of small groups, a lot of kind of Bible studies even that I've been a part of, like go through different like books and different materials and all these different classes. Like you can have a jeeping small group. You can have a fly fishing small group. Like you have a, like a knitting and a sewing small group at some churches. We don't do that here uh, because we believe in kind of majoring on the, the simple things of serving Jesus and one of the primary things that we believe is that we need to have a love for God's word. In fact, I love what 2 Timothy 3.16, he says that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So we believe <coughs> that studying the word of God, being involved in the word of God, and letting it kind of uh, take hold of our lives is pivotal if we're going to make disciples. So that's why we started the deeper project. We wanted something that was accessible. We wanted something that was simple for those that are maybe new to reading and studying the Bible that they could jump on board with so we could study the Bible together and make disciples. For those of you that have been in our deeper projects, how much has it changed the way that you read the Bible? Well, I guess that was kind of not a a great question a lot, I guess. Um, It has. Uh, We've had a lot of fruit come forth from something as simple as the deeper project. The second thing that I talked about was prayer, right? I believe that as we walk in this calling to equip people, 
that we want to equip them to hear from God. We want to equip them to spend time with the Lord in prayer. That's why we have prayer meetings throughout the week, right? That's why we... <coughs> That's why we spend time in prayer. Um, Jesus, help me. <laughs> Excuse me. That's why we have prayer meetings, um, because we believe uh, we believe God responds to our voice, and that we're going to equip people uh, to pray. Uh, that we should be a people that pray. Um, and last but not least, uh, our Sunday gatherings on Sunday night and Sunday morning, our times of worship together. Um, it's helpful for us to remember that we're not in this alone, right? I believe an aspect of us walking in, uh, walking in our mission to equip the church takes place when we realize we're not doing this by ourselves, that we're not in this fight alone, that we're in this fight together, and that God helps us. <laughs> um, and uh, it's important for us to understand that. It's important for us... Um, <coughs> Excuse me, to walk together in Jesus' name. So friends, just to recap really quick, I believe that for us as a church um, to carry out this call to equip the saints, um, to equip believers, that uh, it happens through intentional discipleship by way of supernatural empowerment um, and consistent practical application. Thank you. I appreciate that. So with that, could we stand? <coughs> Father, we need you. Lord, we believe that you've called us to carry out this aspect of equipping Lord, uh, equipping others, but also, Lord, for us ourselves to be equipped. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to see discipleship take front and center of our church here. Lord, we're not interested in just seeing how many people we can sign up on a card or how many people we can get to say that they, that they love Jesus or that they've accepted Jesus as Savior without the fruit to back it up. Lord, we want to produce disciples that produce disciples that produce disciples. Lord, as a ministry here. Lord, we want to, <clears throat> we want to flesh out our faith in action. Lord, but we recognize that we need your help to do that. Lord, we need the supernatural enabling and empowering and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we ask for that. <clears throat> we ask for you. for your glory and for your fame. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we give you the praise and we give you the glory. There's no one like you. There's none beside you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Our ministry is made possible entirely by the faithful generosity of people just like you. 
If you were blessed by this message and would like to partner with what the Lord is doing in Pagosa Springs, visit us online at www.opendoorpagosa.com. Here you can give, see our service times, and stay connected with Open Door Church. We hope to see you soon.